Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And uh, we just hung out this weekend, but we're here to do a Skype call. We had UFC 274. We went and saw Steve-O. There was a couple on the run that left Alabama, ended up getting caught in a high-speed chase in Indiana. But I have got Jared Kinney, the cornerman, here with me, man. What is good? What's going on? Nothing. Just finished watching the uh, the last half of the the Celtics and Bucks game. Uh, I got to lot, watch like the last fourth quarter. I was recording uh, my recap of UFC 274 Scalegate. Um, <clears throat> busy weekend though. Busy, busy, busy three busy days. <laughs> no kidding, dude. So I mean, just on top, on tap was uh, Friday night. We went to the Sanger Theater. Go catch your Steve-O. But before we get there, it's like, why do we call you the cornerman? Like, what's going on? Tell the people about the show. Kung Fu Kenny. Um, I got a podcast, uh, The Cornerman. Uh, it's, it's an MMA podcast. It started uh, me and two buddies. Uh, they they kind of lost interest in doing it, I guess. And um, we took I took maybe a little less than a year off. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to. Pick it back up. Um, I think maybe on one of our last episodes, uh, I might have mentioned um, Bert Kreischer just said to just start doing it. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to know where it, where it goes if you don't do it, so why not? Um, okay. At the heart, just started fucking sending it. So um, I've had this is the second ep- episode that's been back. This is episode nine though total. Um, so are you solo casting now? Yep, it's hard as shit. Just talking to yourself. I, the first episode I tried. Uh, Going a lot of notes. I think that was that episode I recorded, or I was on my way back from uh, Porch Fest, and I watched on my phone while driving. Don't don't suggest doing that. Um, <laughs> so I caught a Dude, couple I, fights. I had a I had an ex girlfriend who used to watch Netflix while driving. Like she would put the phone up by the that's crazy. <laughs> that's and crazy. I was like, oh man, I hope she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, during the on the way home, um, threw that on the phone, and then I got home and it was right on the start of the card, and threw it on the iPad and uh, watched it, and then I think I recorded the day after. Um, that was UFC two seventy three. Um, I would like to do more, like on you know weekly after, or really like we did it before an episode before the event, on like release it that Thursday, Friday maybe. Um, 
then the event happens and then on like monday or tuesday drop an episode of just a recap of what happened um it's easier when you got when you talk to people but like just doing it by myself i'm just really doing a recap giving my thoughts on you know people who who they match up with and what happened and stuff but it was an interesting yeah. weekend this weekend yeah no kidding dude so i was out playing a show while the card was going on so uh, we were playing 10 to 2 and so i get back to sid's house they're in the bed because uh, it's three o'clock mm-hmm. and uh we wake up and sid's cooking breakfast he was like man that card last night was incredible he was like you know the biggest uh, disappointment was obviously the thug rose fight but you had uh the was it oliviera uh with yeah the, charles uh, Oliveira. Mm-hmm. he had the uh what did it happen in the second round with the choke out no that was in the first they um yeah came right out with it and then the most iconic thing was the old kick Oh yeah, Chandler. the front kick from Michael Chandler on Tony Ferguson. Yeah, so well, let's let's back it up even before that. On Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a whole lot of controversy about um I'm calling it Scalegate. Um so the champion Charles Oliveira, um who fought Justin Gaethje in the main event um for the lightweight belt, uh, missed weight by a whole half a pound. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he missed weight um so when you weigh in, you step on the scale, and if you're over, you know you get off. That you let the thing balance out, and you can step on again. So he stepped on once. He was at 156. Weird. Stepped off. Step back on 155 and a half. And he like, there's a video. It's on Twitter, but like you could see him like, look at his like you know his team like all confused because um, before the fight, obviously multiple times, uh, fighters weigh in like at the hotel wherever they're at. Then they get to the event. And they um, they weigh in again, and then they go to the official weigh-in just to make sure they're on track. Um, and this whole time, they're not eating, they're not drinking, nothing. Excuse me. And um, so that happened. He had an hour to cut the extra. Excuse me, I've been burping all night. My bad. Um, so he had an extra hour to cut the extra half pound. Um, couldn't do it. Uh, There's was, there was a couple of tweets, people saying like people don't know how hard it is to once you've already like cut weight. Because you're cutting weight that whole week leading up. But once you've done that, your body's just done out of water, out of out of energy. So to get your heart to work back up again and, you know, create a sweat is, like, incredibly difficult. Um, so he used that hour, went back, still 155 and a half. Um, and then there was a bunch of people saying, like, oh, this fighter, this fighter, this fighter, that fighter, that fighter. I guess 20 people were over by, like, a half a pound, which... I don't have anything to compare it to other events, so I don't know if that's a lot, a little, or what. Uh, but yeah. to me, it sounds like a lot. Um, and then people saying, oh, the commission didn't do it right, that and this. Um, it's a bit of controversy. Breakdowns. Yeah, it's controversy. And he's the first. So with that said, him being over overweight, um, since he's the champion, they strip him of the belt. He's not the champion anymore. Um and that fight, he has to uh, sub- submit, or not submit, uh, give up 20 for, 20% of his fight purse because he's overweight. Um, and then, what was it? Oh, in the in that fight, if he won- he did end up winning, but he doesn't have the chance to basically defend his title or win the belt, you know what I mean? So the only person in that situation that could have got the belt wrapped around their waist was Justin Gaethje. 
and it's never never happened a champion has never missed weight ever so um yeah i remember like, like just you know just hanging out with the boys you know all this weekend and we were talking about that and when sid figured out that he had missed weight it was like what mm-hmm. i mean it's like this this kind of thing is unheard of what's going on around here and, yeah, uh, usually like when people miss weight, it's like if it's by like three pounds, four pounds, either they've been they were hurt during camp and they, you know, they couldn't really shred it. But by half a pound, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I want to switch gears real quick. Uh, I don't want to get off too much into UFC. Uh, I would like to spend a little time with uh, what we did Friday night before we get off the deep end with UFC. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, dude, really appreciate the invite. It was my first comedy show. We went out to the Sanger Theater. We went and saw Steve-O's Bucket List tour. And uh, can I tell you, I'm still thinking about his ear. <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Um, yeah. But the, it, if you're a fan of Jackass and like the, the super extreme type of stunts they do on Jackass, then the show is perfect for you. It's like he... <laughs> It's perfect. It's stuff that they couldn't show like on like in like either on DVD or Netflix or or even make those scenes of Jackass. Um and some stuff he he did extra um of course with just by himself doing stupid shit. Um oh, and it was man. it was great. Yeah, and, and and once again not to give too much away and then we're talking about the macho man and what it means to be a macho man and like that was the hardest part for me to get through. Once again, highly encourage if Steve-O's coming to your town or near you, go see it. It's like uh, how would you describe it is um he gives a a bit of a comedy spell to a build up to a video. Yeah. And then Yeah, it's like a hybrid it. like comedy show. It's like he he does his little bit he basically tells you what he does in his stunt or gives you like a backstory about the stunt. And then he, mm-hmm. he leads into the, the skit. It's so funny. It's perfect. Yeah. And it's, it's great. And, uh, man, like I, I would, if I, if I had a chance, I'd go see it again. And like, this is definitely like to be my first comedy show. I'm glad that was the first one because I know there will be nothing else like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. I loved it. I, I, if if he goes on tour again and like does something else like a oh bucket list part two or something, I would definitely I, I definitely see that. I mean, what, do you, what do you think? Like with this bucket list and everything that he's done, not to give anything away with that, but I don't know how you top that. I think this has got to be like yeah, you can't. He said it. that after Jackass three or Jackass two. It's like how do they get crazier? How do they do more shit? And yeah, you're right. You're right. Every time they do it, like it's just how how more crazier, how more stupid. Like it's. It's, the creativity is just is something else. Yeah, and I'm telling you that that meant a lot. I don't know about like where you grew up at, but we all grew up watching Wild Boys and Jackass and all that on TV. Mm-hmm. And so just to be that close to someone, you know, you grew up watching TV with is uh, you know, somewhat of a hero or maybe an idol. You know. Yep. It was it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and especially for him to be doing all that shit sober now, it's really like a true testament of like how much you know fear <laughs> will he has to do it. Like he, you know, it makes sense. Like you hear about it back then, or you see the Steve O demise to rise or whatever, and you find out he was super fucked up, and then it's like, well, I'm really not surprised because they did some fucked up shit. So, and for him to be doing that completely sober now is, you know, impressive. 
Most definitely. And that was like the most impressive part of it. That was going to be my question if I was talking to him. It's like, how did you do Jackass Forever Sober? And then again, which was way worse, how did you do your bucket list sober? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, even in Jackass 3, he would. Th- I think that was the first one he did sober was Jackass 3. I think. There ain't no way, dude. There is no way. You know, yeah, because he said he said he was like twelve years sober or something like that. I think. When did Jackass Three come out? That's quite the question. I would guess probably around. I would say twenty. 20 yeah, twenty twelve, twenty fourteen. I was gonna say twenty twelve. It's October twenty ten. It's been that long. Yeah, twelve years. Oh, dude. Oh. So something else that we were talking about this weekend was yeah, so uh, there's I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Thirteen years sober, and this was last year. So he yeah he got sober right before his Jackass three. Yeah, right on. So another story that we were tracking this weekend. It came to a climactic close, and I was going to read a little bit about this article. So Alabama prison break couple arrested in Indiana after car chase. And so it was so funny, like being on social media. It's like I see all like. Uh, my friends like sharing about, uh, you know, I would share this story with someone who didn't live in Alabama or Mississippi, but there's no way that they would get it. Like this was a very like Alabama story. So escaped inmate Casey White and former jail official Vicki White are in police custody after the pair were apprehended in Indiana. The weeks long manhunt ended in a dramatic police chase in which Casey White wrecked the car in which the couple were fleeing. Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton said Vicki White was taken to the hospital following the arrest, but didn't give the details on the nature of the injury. She shot herself. That's what happened. During yeah, the she pursuit, ended up just dying. She just passed away like an hour ago. Well, there you go. So she, she that's probably what she wanted because there's no life after that. Yeah. Not after a Bunny and Clyde situation like that. It goes on during the pursuit. The pickup truck was wrecked. Casey White surrendered. Vicky White has been taken to the hospital. Uh, man, it's crazy. Like in your mind, you're breaking out of jail in Alabama, and she took out like a ninety thousand dollar. It was her pension. It was her retirement. Mm-hmm. Why would you go north? Why wouldn't you try to go to Canada or go to Mexico? Mm-hmm. Go to Texas. Get south because ninety thousand dollars could go a long way down there. Were yep. they trying to go to Canada? What's going on? I don't know. Unless they had like family and maybe they could help them out somewhere, but it's fucked yeah. up. I just, the memes were, uh, here we go with memes again. Just Twitter, if people being funny, they were like, she, the dick was that good that she fucking had to throw away her life. It was just, it was so funny. It was, yeah. just, people just saying crazy shit, town hall, yeah. Twitter shit. It's just so good. It's perfect. And R.I.P. Vicky, man. You know. Yeah, to a real one. <laughs> ride or die, chick. Literally, like. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, ride or die. Like maybe, maybe the better bunny to that Clyde. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I guarantee you, what is it? Twenty twenty two. I'm gonna say October of next year. There'll be a movie out already about it. Lifetime or Netflix or movie documentary or whatever. Something is gonna. Yeah come out about it and it's it's yeah. everyone's gonna watch it give us i mean even lifetime could get on this with their uh, romance <laughs> spin doctor this make it a christmas movie come on 
but just to get back on track, and this is the meat of it. Like those were the main two things I was going to talk about. I don't know, and uh, if you got anything, we can we can go there. But I really wanted to spend time with this card because um, I've been watching highlights and catching up on YouTube. I wasn't able to catch it live. Uh, we were out playing that night, but just talking to Sid the following morning. One of the most memorable cards, possibly of this year, and possibly in time gone by. Uh, yeah, it's a great card. Yeah, I think really the only slant on the card was the Thug Rose title Thug fight. Rose. Yeah, just because it was like it, it to go to that fight. Um, that was the co-main event. She fought uh, Carla Esparza, um, yes. and Carla Esparza ended up winning by split decision. First two rounds, there was like less than ten punches thrown. Um, so if people, for people who don't know, Thug Rose is a very good striker. She's very good at kicks and mm-hmm. she's very good at punches. Carla Esparza is a notorious wrestler, so you got two different stylistic matchups like that. Um, Thug Rose really didn't want to. Um, she was very hesitant on throwing any strikes because she, you know, if you're instantly throwing strikes. Then Carlos Pars is going to duck under and shoot and try to take you down. Um, and like in for people opinion, who aren't wrestlers, that what she was, was is that what she was holding back on? Because from what Sid told me and from the highlights I've seen, it looked like Rose was superior athletically. Because oh yeah, a billion percent. Yeah, and I, I I didn't understand the fear and why she was holding back like she was. I don't. I so I think. At the end of like round three or four, everyone was booing, just boos raining down. And uh, yeah, and even, of, even Rogan said like, "This is this is if you're a new person here to the sport, this is not it." Yeah, and yeah. so everyone was booing, and one of um, Thug Rose's coaches said, "You hear those boos? That means we're doing this right." And like she just had really bad coaching. It's just I don't, I don't know what good they thought could have come of just not engaging. I just I don't know. And wasn't it wasn't it Usman one of the coaches? No, uh, Trevor Whitman is one of her coaches, um, and I, I don't know who the other guy is. But Trevor Whitman's a very, excuse me, he's a very good striking coach. Just good, like Justin Gaethje trains with him. He's a good striker. Um, I don't. I think I think Usman trained with that coach, Trevor Whitman. I think uh, just within last year to get better with his hands. Um, but anyone who like wants to just get better with their hands and striking, Trevor Whitman is the guy. He won like Coach of the Year, I think, twenty twenty maybe. Um, but he and he he doesn't like coach a bunch of people. Like he'll only take in three four people at a time. He doesn't own like a huge gym like American Top Team or these other people that have you know sixty eighty hundred people running around. It's just he just focuses on a few people at a time. Mm-hmm. And one that like when he went into the final round, he was like, you know what. Just, just have fun. Yeah, he what, said, "Let it go." He said, "Now it's the time to win it." And she just still didn't do anything. It was fucking yeah. frustrating. It was so frustrating to watch. And so I got the stats pulled up. And if you're unfamiliar with MMA, like just check these out. It's like this. This is even if we go by percentage for the entire fight, uh, Rose threw 137 strikes and only landed 38. Carla threw 133. And landed thirty. So Rose had a better percentage with twenty-seven, and then Carla had twenty-two percent. Significant strikes. Same goes. One thirty-six. Rose landed thirty-seven. Carla threw one thirty-three. Landed thirty. So, like, just looking at it on paper, 
it still looks like Rose had it. Now here's the here's the thing. Uh, Rose tried to take down one time and was successful. Carla tried to take down eleven times and was only successful twice. But just talking to people who watched the fight, it was like Rose wasn't doing shit, bro. Wasn't yeah, doing shit. a lot of those strikes for both of them, like. The attempts, so like 137 to 133, 136 to 133, like they weren't they weren't attempts. They were like feints to like to like catch distance. So like you know how when they're mm-hmm. fighting and they're just kind, they're kind of going like this and shit. Like they had to have been counting that because she didn't throw that many strikes. That's the only way I see those numbers being that high. Like yeah. it, there's there's no shot. I think the, she landed one punch in the first round, one punch, and it was like to her forehead, and it like got all red like super quick. Maybe two. She just did a little jab, jab. That's it. Yeah. And it just, it was a bad example. Like, and a lot of people were like, oh, this is the worst fight I've ever seen. This fight stinks. Like, yeah, I get it. But like, if this, for people who like, who don't know, like, if this was your experience for the worst fight ever, that I can tell you there's a few that top it. Like, just a recent history, Israel Adesanya versus um, Yoel Romero was supposed to be an absolute <laughs> banger. Was supposed to be the, one of the greatest title fights ever, and it like it, it just wasn't same thing. Yeah, so there was that, and then Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. That fight was so bad. Uh, Herb Dean was the ref. Shout out Herb Dean. They didn't. They sat there. They were just going like this the whole time because they're two heavyweights. They're going like this and like trying to you know feel each other. I don't even know if they did that. And um, Herb Dean was like, "All right, come on, gentlemen, let's go." Before I start deducting a point, if you don't engage, like I'm going to start taking points away. Like to try just to try to get them to to fight. Get to go, yeah, get the fight going, get the but, ball rolling. But the one for your listeners, I don't know how in depth they are with uh, UFC, but the, I highly suggest anybody if you want a really good laugh. The wor- this is my number one worst fight I've ever seen. It is so funny. It is Dada five thousand versus Kimbo Slice. Dada is D A D A number five thousand. Versus Kimbo Slice. Just look that up. I'm sure it'll be a Bellator video on YouTube. It is. I'm almost positive. Dutta Five Thousand had a heart attack in the in the octagon or ring or whatever you want to call it. It is so bad. It is horrible. It was supposed to be like a passing of the torch between Kimbo because he uh, he's a notorious uh, backyard fighter from Miami Dade County, and then Dutta Five Thousand were like this up and comer, same thing, big big heavyweight guy. So it was supposed to be like a passing of the torch thing. Oh, my God. It was so bad. They got so tired, and they were just – it's brutal to watch, but it's so funny. You know, like one of the worst fights – I mean, because I was a huge fan of both of them, like recent memory was when uh, uh, Anderson, the Silva, or the Spider Silva, got in the, the ring with or in the octagon with uh, Forrest Griffin. <laughs> that front kick knockout. <laughs> I hated that. Did you? I was like – I was like, they should have never, like, because it should have never been a thing, you know? I was like, what did Forrest think was going to happen, right? <laughs> Prime and, Anderson and not, Silva. Nothing, nothing against Forrest, because, like, Forrest was hell. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was just not a good matchup to me. It's like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. And that, and bring it to that front kick, too, like, that is one of the most devastating front kick knockouts, but the one that we had this weekend when Michael Chandler knocked out Tony Ferguson. Good segue. Is <laughs> picture perfect. So that fight was uh, the third fight into the card. It was before the co-main event, before Esparza and Thug Rose. 
and it was in the second was that round. Your was like, of the night? Um, or did performance you really of the like, night, <laughs> knockout of the did night. You, did you re- did you really like Charles's choke out? <laughs> I like. I think that was more impressive because he got knocked down twice, and then like was able to recoup and battle adversity. Like I think that was more of an impressive performance. Um, but the excuse me, the Michael Chandler knockout. It was. I, I'm sure if you if you follow either Alan or me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, posted those pictures, it is so fucking perfect. So when you kick for your people, when you kick, if this is your foot and these are your toes, the ball of your foot is what you're, what you're throwing a front kick with. And it landed perfect under his chin. It, and his whole face fucking morphed and it was, so uh, have you seen those, have you seen those photos of like the face morph, like just caught perfectly? Oh Yeah. Yeah, it made him, it, it, it looked made fake. It's so crazy. Yeah. yeah, but and that and that's the thing about it. I've went back and watched that fight because I'm a huge Tony Ferguson fan. Like he's one of my favorites. Like that goes back to when I first got into the uh, MMA UFC. Uh, Ferguson was in his prime, right? I've always been a fan of his, and so when I knew he was fighting on this card, and what's crazy is like it really looked like the fight was going his way after the first. It round. was, yeah, yeah, it was. And then that this was like. A stunner because when Michael came back, like he say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. It wasn't like a regular karate kick. He like came back from grandma's house for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he he rare backed and rocked on it. Yep. Yeah. It was it was not it like it came out of nowhere too, and I just remember screaming and and I remember after that I looked at Sid and I was like, this is why we gotta record every fucking fight, like record us because of reactions like that. Like it was so bananas. We're running around the room yelling, screaming. And uh Dude, dude and I, was that, at, I, I was at our show and I just hopped on Twitter and like I'm I'm just like following you live tweeting and I was like, <laughs> I just can't I can't I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it what's crazy, like Tony's never been knocked down before. Right. Not knocked out. He's never been hit so hard where he was dazed and fell. Mm-hmm. Never. And this just front kick right to the chin, just out cold corpse. And like, Done. what's even funnier, like the the still photos are nuts. Like he's dead on the ground, like comatose, all fucking frozen, like stiffed up. And Michael Chandler's sitting there and he's doing backflips in the ring. He did like three. So he yeah. did like backflip and there's one picture of when he's in the air bent all back and you just see Tony's dead body laying there and Michael Chandler's off the ground like three feet. It's unbelievable. It's so sick. I just, like you said, I'm a fan of Tony Ferguson too. He's just so unorthodox and he brings a great personality and style to the, uh, to the octagon. And now he's on a five fight lose streak. And I just, I hope he comes back, but I just, I hope he doesn't fight a contender because I want to see him do well. And, and wasn't that like the thing, like this was, like he was on his like comeback tour, so to speak, right? And he's just been taking ales. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's fought five great people. Like I'm, I'll pull it up real quick. But Michael Chandler was just this last one. Uh, Tony Ferguson. Like even Michael, looking at even looking at their records, I mean, 
like after what happened that night, twenty three and seven with Chandler, and then twenty six and seven with Ferguson. Could you ask for anything better? Nope. Nope. Oh, so he's on a four fight lose streak. Um, so he lost to uh, Justin Gaethje uh, by this is KO TKO by punches. Um, then he lost to Charles Oliveira, who's the current champ. Then he lost to Benil Dariush uh, via decision. Um, oh yeah, that's why it was counted as a KO TKO. Okay, um, like what round was it in the third or the fourth? It's in the fifth. Okay, dude, he was getting just smoked, but he didn't. He didn't go down. He didn't fall down at all, and he was just getting pieced up, and he was just fucking a walking zombie. And uh, Herb Dean stepped in and called the fight, which might have could have possibly saved his life. Um, then he lost to Charlie Olives. Then he lost to Benil Dariush, who Benil Dariush is a very good fighter. Um, he's actually supposed to fight, um, who people are now saying should fight for the title, Islam Makachev. Um, and now he just lost to to Michael Chandler. But yeah, he just he hasn't had a good run this past since when? Twenty twenty, two years. It's been a while. And so we've covered this fight. It was the lightweight. It was the main event. We've talked a little bit about it with the weigh-in, but we had. Uh, Gaethje and Charles and Charles had already given up his belt because he couldn't make weight. So like, this is a no contest at this point, losing 20% of the purse and still going out there and putting on a performance. Right. Yeah. So he was unable to, if he ended up winning, where does that belt go now? It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's just up in the air. Yeah. It's non, uh, non claimed or unclaimed belt. Um, but he's now he's not he's going to be the he's the number one contender, so he's going to have a fight. The next fight will be for the belt. Uh, it's just who who does he fight for the belt, you know? Um, but he, yeah, so he was unable to defend his belt. Um, I go in a, a breakdown between like him and Khabib and stuff on just the stuff I recorded earlier. Um, but he, I think that's the, really going to be the only tarnish on his legacy, um, just because. He, he already has a better resume than Khabib. Some people call Khabib, oh, they're GOAT. He's not. He has not fought the same competition. Um, just you know, look at I their fight hear, history I and stuff like that. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is a lot of people say that uh, he, Khabib's like, legacy in the UFC was kind of stacked and played to his favor. Oh, yeah, a billion percent. Just because of the, peop- the people he fought up until like the last three or four fights of his career – um, I mean, his last three or four fights, you know, they're not slouches, but they're not, you know, they're not people that he should have been fighting mid, mid, you know, in the middle of his career. He just, he fought no names. Um, and then, you know, to, to really maintain or to really hold that goat title. Nowadays it's going up in weight, getting that second belt, um, John Jones has done it for so long. You know, hopefully this year we get to see him fight for that second belt. But he has goat status because he defended his belt fifteen times. That's, that's right. retarded. That's silly. That, so. I mean, that's just it. Is like when I, when greatness comes to mind. You know, it used to be like Anderson, the Spider Silva, or it would be like a GSP type. But I mean, even out of the octagon, even though his reputation isn't so great there, it is John Jones is like. Pound for pound, the Number best one. fighter. I, he's Mike, the best I've ever seen. He's the Michael Jordan of UFC or MMA, without a doubt. And I cannot, I, if 
if I'm able to buy tickets, I don't care where it is. I'm I'm really debating on emptying the bank account and buying tickets and going to see him fight Stipe for the belt. That's so worth it. I mean, I it's to the point now, and I think we've talked about this like off the air. Is like I'd put my house on him winning that. Oh yeah, a million percent. Yeah, if if you want to make easy money when when John Jones fights Stipe, empty out. 401k, throw your paycheck on it, throw your mortgage on it, and you will. He's going to be favored very heavy, so you might not win it, win a lot, but you're going to win. It's free money. It's, it was just like Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing. It was the freest money I've ever gotten in my life. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't see anything or that fight going any different. Okay. So one thing about. <laughs> And Sid and I were joking about this. It's like when we were watching like the prelims before I took off was um, we had a lot of like, was it featherweight and lightweight guys? It was like, and that was the first comment he and I both made was like, oh, dude, there ain't going to be a knockout. They're just going to beat the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna hit each other like a hundred times. And, you know, they're just going to go all three rounds and it'll come down to a decision. And, you know, that was right for the most part. But I'm going to say like everything about Saturday UFC – uh, main card prelims. I couldn't have asked for like a better weekend of UFC. Mm-hmm. With yeah, the exception a, uh, of with the exception of my girl Thug Rose, like having an awful putting fight. on a, a dud. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the card in July is so it's I it might be better than this card at least on paper. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to pull it up. But you have Israel Adesanya fighting Jared Cannonier, who Israel Adesanya is just by himself. Just the style, baby, very baby. fun to watch. Um, who else do you have on that? Oh, you have uh, Shevchenko. She's gonna murder whoever she's fighting. I don't know how to mm-hmm. pronounce her name. Why can't I pull up this fight? <laughs> Kelvin Keener. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Not pulling up. July second. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Sorry. Actually, no. I didn't forget. Because I, I never forget. Volkanovski versus Holloway three got announced. So that's the Holloway. That's I'm a, I'm a Holloway fan now. Yep. Oh, that's it. Sean Strickland versus Michael uh, Pereira. So for people who don't know, Michael Pereira is like fairly new to the UFC. Um, he was the one to give Adesanya his first loss. In his career, at least in kickboxing, knocked him out cold. I was about to say, ain't UFC wise, like uh, MMA, like Adesanya is undefeated. Am I not mistaken? Um, he has one loss because he because he went up to light heavyweight to try to go for that belt, and it just didn't go well for him because he's so like okay. he's so lean. He couldn't really have a lot of weight. Uh, but Sha- Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley's fighting Pedro Munoz, which is an electric fight. Uh, Uriah Hall is fighting. Um, and then I think Misha Tate is fighting, um, what's her name? Lauren Murphy. And then I think, um, yeah, Jessica, I is fighting Macy Barber, which should be very interesting. So this whole fight, um, prelims to main card is just unbelievable on paper. At least I just pray, I pray, I pray. No one, no one falls out. Robbie Lawler's fighting. Um, that's my boy. So that'll be on the on the prelims, I think. It's just it's unbelievable. I pray no one no one falls out because this card is stacked. 
I wanted to ask you, like, sit women's UFC aside, is um, what is your favorite weight class to watch? Because I mean, they they all have they all they all have their shit. You know, they they all have their sparkles, right? Yep. And so it, it's kind of ebbed and flowed with me. It was like I was never like really a huge heavyweight guy. It kind of goes back to like Frank Mir, Brock Lesnar. Uh, when it comes to light heavyweight, you know, I'm thinking, you know, John Jones or even like uh, Forrest Griffin back during that. And on this card, like if you had to pick out a favorite fight, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, Charles like defending his non-title what did you make out with uh, the lightweight, light heavyweight fight between uh, Rua and Prukes, St. Prue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua, which is just an absolute legend of the game uh, mm-hmm. versus Ovin St. Prue. Um, that, it, was a, it was a boring fight for your eyes, but um, Mauricio, like Shogun is such a, he's 40 years old. Um, still yeah, doing I mean, like shit. when I when I got in the UFC, like he was in his prime, and he's still there. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He's like one of the one of the last, you know, true pioneers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a, unless you're gonna go to Chuck Liddell, like getting after uh, Steve-O's ear with a mousetrap kind of thing, you know, <laughs> what's going on around here? But anyway, <laughs> like to answer the question, like what is like. Do you like a lightweight fight? I mean, there there are oh, things yeah. to love. There are things to like about each of these weight classes. But what is your absolute favorite, oh, or does so it come hard. down to a person? Yeah, I, th- I think it comes down to actual fighters and their styles. Really, like I hated watching Khabib because, uh, which a lot of people did, because he's just all he did was like get you down and wrestle fuck you. He would just wrap you up and fucking yeah. smash your face. Yeah, he's and up it there works in so well. Dagestan or wrestling <laughs> bears. It's like, what do you think he's going to do to you if he can wrestle a bear? Yeah. You um, think you're a bear? I don't think so. Not at that weight. <laughs> <laughs> like Israel Adesanya, I don't like his personality, but I like the way he fights. Oh, he's, he's such a... He's, he's, He's fun to watch. Like Charles Oliveira is so fun to watch because like he has such heavy hands. Like he's also very good at jujitsu. Like and then same thing. Like Alexander Volkanovsky. Like it's, everybody has their perks that they're good at, and it's just you have to appreciate it all. You know. Coming back to you. Had an amber alert go off. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, we're back now. Hope I didn't make you lose your train of thought, but uh, yeah, man. It's, oh no, yeah, it's not really weight class. It's just, it's just people and their styles. Like, I don't. It's I, so hard to put it on one weight class. I think I'm more partial to the heavier weights. Not so much heavyweight right now, but like when I'm watching UFC, uh, I like, I really like watching uh, middleweight up because there is a potential that any blow will be it and it, it goes back to um when we think about boxing like we were talking about over the weekend is when you think about like a tyson fury or a andrew joshua or a deontay wilder is when we were growing up we had all these great heavyweight boxing champions that we could look up to and then when we got to you know our prime drinking age or going out and watching these events we had you know 
uh, Pacquiao or, you know, these other guys, it, it wouldn't like a, a heavyweight kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, boxing and UFC is like, I, I love to see that power. Like, I'm not taking anything from Pacquiao or, you know, or any of those guys from that weight class, but um, I would yeah, just the knockout prefer, I would power. Ju- I would just prefer like the knockout power, like at any minute. Like this guy may have been whooping his ass for two rounds, but there is still the potential that just he might hit you. He might hit the hardest button to button and knock you out. Yeah, and yeah, when no, you go I mean, to those that's enticing weights, for a lot of people too. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's just you. It's a lot of people have that. Uh, mm-hmm. That preference, basically. And when you go to those ladder weights, it's like, well, you really can't take anything away from that. I mean, just look at uh, I'm, I'm Stroke Charles is. How do you say his last name? Oliveira. 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 Yeah, is man, he's a con artist when it comes to jujitsu. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna choke you out. I mean, what did he do to Gacy? You know, like Justin, he just. Whoop, you're done. Yeah, he yeah he knocked him love, down and then and got I his back. I love to see that too. It, it kind of reminds me of like a GSP of old, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like on his feet. He's just gonna weigh you out and then let's go to the floor. Over. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he has hands too. Like I know he can knock people out. I mean, like I was saying earlier, like everyone has their real like niche. Like Calvin Cater's a featherweight. He has crazy raw power. Same thing with like. Volkanovsky has crazy power. Max Holloway is more of like a, you know, I'm going to hit you with nine punches and then land a heavier one. And then, you know what I mean? So, like, that's also, like, with those smaller guys, they're so fucking fast. They're so fast. You get hit 12 different ways. You don't even know where the fuck they are. It's so fun. Like, they're all fun to watch. It's just, I know when the, uh, what was it, when Flyweight first started with um, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. They're so uh, fast, man. A lot of people were like, oh, this is boring, this and that. They're only five foot four, this and that. It's like, dude, they're so fast. Like, you got to appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, dude. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, anything else to do with this card? Or, you know, we've talked a little bit about upcoming. I just really want to plug what you have going on with the cornerman and, like, your solo casting now of uh, – Plug in social media. Follow you at Jared Kinney on Twitter. Like I'm telling you guys, if you're if it's a Saturday night, there's a UFC event going on. Or I imagine I haven't been on Twitter tonight. I imagine you were probably doing some live tweeting tonight with the Celtics game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The last couple of minutes, I were, or at least the last fourth quarter. Al Horford went off, dunked, and baptized Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> the Greek freak got stepped Fuck on. Him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Fuck that. So guy. I mean. What are you thinking? Like, let's let's talk NBA just for a minute. We'll sign off. It's Celtics and so. six. Oh, okay, <laughs> Celtics and six, baby. Let's go. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I like that. So, Celtics and six, and they'll go on to play Miami. You think? Yeah, I think it'll be us versus Miami. And so, out of the West, is it going to be the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. So, Okay, so we have this, let's just say, hypothetical on the clavicle, Celtics versus Warriors. Celtics winning. How Celtics far Celtics winning six? Celtics winning five. That quick? Think, yeah, I think we'll lose game two. And um, I think Marcus Smart is going to shut down Steph Curry. Um, 
Hold on, I'm going to sneeze real quick. Yeah. Oh, hit the mute button really good. Um, you did. You killed it. <laughs> you killed it. Uh, Clay Thompson's going to get locked up by Jason Tatum. It's well, just, what's crazy is there's another Clay Thompson over there at the Warriors right now who is just as fireball as Yeah, Clay, what's his name? Jordan po- Jordan Poole. That's yeah, the one. He's good. He's good, but we got people to defend him. Is it? Is it? Is he a rookie or is it like his second season? He's kind of new. The NBA yeah, he's like it. yeah, this is like his first or second season. Jordan Poole is yeah. nasty. Yeah, but you don't really, really see that often, especially come out in the playoffs like this. Yeah. But so we dude, got I'm excited and uh, I'm hopping on the bandwagon right there with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going Celtics this season. You know, usually Raptors here, but uh, hey, I, I'm with the Celtics here. I'm Love with it. Celtics on this one, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm they riding. won tonight. Next game's Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time on TNT. We're favored right. by five and a half points. And so I'm guessing they're playing in the garden. Yep. I like how you call so, it the garden. Love it. <laughs> I, I love it because people say, oh, the garden is, is Madison Square Garden. Like, no, that's Madison Square Garden. The fucking the garden's in Boston, Massachusetts. Right over the Zakem Bridge. If you don't know, now you know. There you go. So, dude, anything else to add or subtract? I do want you to plug your podcast and social medias. If there's anything else you want to cover before we sign out here. No, I, don't think, I think we pretty pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, social media, Twitter and Instagram, at uh, Jared Kenny, just like how you see it spelled out on the podcast. Um, and same thing with the... Uh, the podcast, it's available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Those are pretty much the two main ones. Um, but you can follow or subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so I can see the analytics and the breakdown of how many people listen, download this and that. But make sure you follow and download the episode. Uh, but it's at the Cornerman uh, with a KO. Um, just, I'm sure you're going to spell it out on this, right? On the title? I will. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, K O R. N e r m e n. Um, you'll see, you'll see the page there with all the episodes, and you'll see my more in depth breakdown of this this last week's fights. And like, I, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm gonna tell you something. Those of you listen, is uh, I'm honored to have Jared on here. It's good to talk fighting. I really can't keep up with him, so I talk as best as I can. He <laughs> does a great job breaking things down, and also like on your podcast, you had a Boston uh, local. That just happens to be in the sport of UFC, Mr. Anik. Yep, Mr. John Anik, um, the the voice of the UFC. Um, you know, the, what's going the, on right here? Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the play by play, basically commentator, as you will, uh, for the UFC, who's probably the hardest working man in that company. Uh, to be honest with you, he just he does so much shit. Um, and I actually I just shot my shot one day. I uh, reached out to him, told him who I Local was. What I do. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, man, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of my time." I think we stole a little too much of his time, so that's he said, always a good, he said twenty minutes. It was, yeah, it was like forty-five, but uh. that means he was having a good time, right? <laughs> that's just it. And so you, uh, not to leak too much, but you have a cool episode with an old guest of mine coming up. We don't have to leak the name, but that will be coming sometime soon. Soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully that person comes on, and hopefully, uh, we can do some content together. I got to pitch that still. But. There you go. And so, boys and girls, we don't have anything else to do here. Jared, a pleasure as always. Thank you for coming Absolutely. on the Porsche Talk. 
we had the cornerman. We're going to sign it on out of here, dude. You uh, you be good. If you, you ain't good, if you ain't good, be quick at least, right? <laughs> Appreciate it, dude. I'll see you, man. Have a good one. credit card bill.